the Light Trees and News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Faith. Hello. <laughs> it's just me. It's just you. Uh, How's it, it going? It's good. Well, I guess I should mention originally it was supposed to be you and Charles. Charles is currently mm-hmm. asleep. So maybe he'll join us in the second hour. If yeah. not, no biggie. He was working like a double yesterday. Yeah. He I, deserves his sleep. I think he hit work like a double into a double into a double. Oh, gross, gross, gross. Yes. So yeah. he's very sleepy. Um, you might hear Harley in the background because she's <laughs> worked up right now. If you hear barking, uh, it's a little dog named yeah. Harley. And you should follow her on Twitter at Harley Rockhill. Because she's adorable. She's very cute. What is today? Today will be a Tuesday episode, which makes tomorrow a Wednesday episode. Mm. And usually on a Wednesday episode, we have like some weird character that broke into our home that we have to contend with mm-hmm. that won't be happening this week. Because they, they must have taken a Labor Day break or something. <laughs> they sure did. They all took a it's Labor a holiday. Day break. Everyone is out of town. So everyone who usually would have been in the apartment won't be in the apartment this week. But... You know, the summer's almost over. We'll get back to our usual schedule soon. Mm-hmm. So we have that to look forward to. But while we're in the pop culture section, if you're new to the show, hi, it's Light Trees and News. Welcome. This, <laughs> welcome. This is how the show works. We talk about pop culture, then we talk about bad news, and then we end the episode with good news. So while we're in the pop culture section, Faith, I wanted to ask you if there's anything you're watching, listening to, or reading right now that you want to recommend to everyone? Yes, I came prepared. Um, (laughs) Well, I was listening to X-Ray Specs on the way here, which is always good. X-Ray Specs? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's uh, Specs with an X. Okay. Um, If you enjoy punk music whatsoever and are not uh, familiar with them, check them out. Um, They're like old school punk. I'm not sure, like from the 1970s or something. Um, Female fronted. Very awesome. Cool. Um, And then I just finished reading The Blind Assassin by Margaret Atwood, which is really good. Very good storytelling. It's like story within a story within a story kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I would highly recommend reading that if you need some literature. Yep. Um, And as far as watching... I was bored and signed up for like the free HBO trial on Hulu and right. watched The Deuce. Oh yeah, how um, is that? It's very atmospheric. Like okay. I enjoyed it for that aspect. Uh-huh. Um, James Franco's character is annoying, and I don't. I'm not a fan of James Franco in general. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> um, but like, it I feel was. Like he always kind of does the same thing in everything. I mean, it's very much as similar to like a. Piper Chapman type thing where he and then also this like student character are sort of your way into this like gritty world of like drugs and sex work Um, and there's like some plot with the mob that is like here's here's my thing it it's an interesting show Mm -hmm. in that it's very much it like portrays the time um which is like 1974 or so mm-hmm. um but i it doesn't seem to be saying a whole lot i guess i had heard like the one encouraging thing i had heard about it was that its treatment of sex workers and sex work isn't entirely awful yeah that was like it's very much um 
does treat it pretty much as work. Sure. Um, in a way that you don't necessarily see. Um, Which feels like a low bar, but actually <laughs> I can't think of many shows that do that. <laughs> right. Um, there's definitely some unnecessary violence. Sure. Um, like if, you, if you've seen it, the the one character who dies in the last um, episode mm-hmm. of the season, I was just like, that was completely unnecessary, completely unearned, completely random right. violence against a sex worker for no reason. Right. Very upsetting. Oh, God. Um, but... And yet, it's I would, still one of the best. <laughs> I would highly recommend, if you do watch it, Um, also listen to Melissa Jarrett Grant's yes. podcast about it. I know um, she talked about it a lot, yeah. Yeah, that podcast is actually why i watched it in the first place i feel like i have um, not seen melissa podcast better in forever because she's doing so much work like i know she's, she's so busy she's on the road uh yeah covering a bunch of different stories and working very hard but yeah i want to get her back on the show soon to talk about everything she's been doing um i started watching and i'm almost done with it because i liked it so much and i just kept binge watching succession okay which you either Every time I've mentioned the show, it's one of two reactions. One reaction is, I've never heard of that show in my life. And the second reaction is, oh my God, no one will shut the fuck up about that show. It's so overhyped. And I guess both are kind of true. It's weirdly like a very overhyped show that not a lot of people have heard about. Is it on Netflix? So so, let me, I think it's HBO. Okay. uh, Yeah, it's HBO. So... I binge watched it and it's produced by Adam McKay and Will Ferrell. Okay. So it's very funny. It's very dark, uh, you know, black humor. And it's written by one of the writers uh, who wrote In the Loop, which if you've seen is a, a great, great political satire. And it's about a family who, sort of like the Murdochs, they're a multinational media conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And it's the family behind this huge, huge media empire and what happens when the the patriarch, the head of that empire, becomes incapacitated. Okay. And that's not a spoiler. I mean, that literally happens, like, in the first 30 seconds of the show. And then the sort of fallout after that, like, you know, the the insane power grabs and stuff like that. It's very funny. Yeah, it sounds entertaining. It's very well written. It's really interesting to watch, too, because there's a lot of, like, corporate jargon. Like, what happens in a board meeting when they're taking the minutes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, which sounds so uninteresting. I know that. But it's actually done in a really entertaining, provocative way. Mm -hmm. So, oh, my God. And everyone has been talking about Kieran Culkin's performance in it. If you know uh, Home Alone, Macaulay Culkin was Mm -hmm. Kevin. And uh, his brother, Kieran Culkin's also an actor. He's been in a ton of great okay. stuff. He does a lot of like indie movies, but he plays one of the brothers who is part of this media empire. And he's so fucking funny, his character. And I had heard like, again, the show's really overhyped, but I think the most overhyped part of it is Kieran Culkin's performance. And I was like, all right, let me watch this. Let's see how good it is. And then I watched it and I was like, damn, this is really good. <laughs> Kieran Culkin should get nominated for all the awards. I hope he will. So mm-hmm. that's my recommendation. Speaking of Macaulay Culkin, yes. um, go back and rewatch Saved or watch it for the... I need all the animals in this fucking apartment to calm down. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, what were you saying? Anyway, uh, the movie Saved! Exclamation part. Oh, I remember that. It's from like 2004 or some yeah. shit. So funny. I have rewatched it a couple times. It's... 
and he's uh, one of the best characters. So uh, recap the plot. Um, it takes place at a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the main character gets pregnant because she's trying to, she thinks that Jesus called her to have sex with her gay boyfriend to turn him not gay. Is that Mandy Moore or am I misremembering that? Mandy Moore is the, um, oh, she's like the bitchy she's one. She's Macaulay Culkin's sister. Okay. He's like the really bitchy one. Yes. Okay. I knew and she was in it. He he plays like this um, very sardonic uh, wheelchair bound or wheelchair user. Sorry, right. um, and then um, I don't know the name of the girl, but there's this there's this other girl who's like a um, every badass girl in a high school movie, basically, and she's fantastic as well. Right, uh, Ava. Ava something let me say oh yeah she was like oh no, no no that's right okay Jenna Malone is Mary Mandy Moore is like the the mean girl and uh, Macaulay Culkin is Roland okay yes I'm remembering this yeah it seemed like growing up in the 90s there were like five big films and this was one of them <laughs> I remember the posters. I remember the yeah. exclamation point in Saved. That's how deep that branding went. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Good recommendation. Also, guys, this is very exciting because I've been talking about doing this forever. Literally as long as I've been podcasting, which is like over a decade at this point. <laughs> I started listening to the Harry Potter audiobooks. Oh, nice. <laughs> so right now I'm halfway through the first book, which is, I remember the film because mm-hmm. that was the one Harry Potter film I saw. Definitely so, books are better than the movies. On Yeah. I, my issue was that I just don't have time to read. Yeah, so for sure. a friend of mine was like, oh my God, you should listen to the audiobooks because apparently the Harry Potter audiobooks are sort of praised as being some of the best audiobooks huh, I didn't know available. That. Yeah, the guy, I I wish I remembered his name. Maybe I can find in the information, but the guy who does at least the first audiobook is so good. Mm. And he's like a great voice actor, so he does oh, that's awesome. all of the different It's basically like watching or listening to a Broadway play or like an old-timey radio yes. show where they used to do that. Book details, maybe it's in this. Uh, Jim Dale does a great job, and yeah, audiobooks are great. I like my parents used to listen to them all the time, and it's there is no shame in it. Like, don't let anyone tell you that it's better to like read it than to listen to it. No, in fact, I sort of in the same way that I felt different parts of my brain being stimulated when, for many years, I just read nonfiction, mm-hmm. and then when I went back and I or I, when I started to read fiction, I felt like different parts of my brain awakening in the same way. When you listen to a story being told versus reading it, you're also using different parts yeah. of your brain. So I don't know. It feels like I'm sort of exercising parts of my brain. that usually don't get a lot of work, you know? Uh, so that's been really cool. And I'm halfway through the first book now. I'm really excited to start the books that like, because I haven't seen any of the other films. Mm-hmm. So everything's going to be a surprise right. to me for the most part. I know like big spoilers. But so, yeah, I'm finally getting that part of I, I felt like that was like a huge hole in my pop culture knowledge. Yeah, because <laughs> like, I just refused to read them. <laughs> I was like, I get it. Wizards, whatever. <laughs> Like, no, there's actually a lot, uh, but it's 
I didn't realize how sort of like sweet and charming the book is. Yeah. And like very cutely funny. That sounds twee, but the humor is really charming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been enjoying that. Uh, anything That's else awesome. you've um, been doing or reading or watching? I mean, I finished writing a oh, novel. Oh, yeah, talk well, about that. That's exciting. The first draft. I'm going to self-publish it um, once I get it finished. Um, but, yeah, I finished the first draft. It's a beauty. Of your the, book. Yep. Yep. It is a Beauty and the Beast retelling that's very witchy and gay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, like, I sent it to some people just to, like, get notes and stuff. Um, and I'm, I can send it to you if you want. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm aiming to have it uh, self-published um, by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I will obviously update everything on my Twitter, um, on my blog. Um, anywhere you can follow me, I will be updating it or I'm sure I'll come on the show. Have you thought about sending like sample chapters to publishers? Not for this one because I feel like um, – it's a little bit of a vanity project since I've been working on it so long and I just wanted to get it done with. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and also I think the market for fairy tale retellings is really oversaturated right now. Okay. Um, but I have a second one, like not related, totally different concept, um, completely plotted out and I'm going to start writing that. And that one I feel like is enough of a, I'm not going to give it away since I don't have it written. Sure, yeah. Um, but I feel like, that one is different enough that I can definitely try to get it like published in a mainstream traditional way. Cool. Very cool. Uh, yeah. So everybody support faith, check out her Patreon. Speaking of Patreon, I should mention this. I posted for my $5 and $10 a month members over at my Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. We're going to have another hangout online hangout this weekend on Sunday, September 9th at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, For my $5 a month members, I posted, uh, it's question time again, everybody. (laughs) Do (laughs) Do you have have any questions? questions today? Uh, I think we have one of our forever questions. Nicole has just been like asking people what their hobbies are, like what they're doing to relax or do for like self-care so like meredith talked about cross yeah. stitching um what you got i 100 should have known this was coming because you've been asking everybody <laughs> <laughs> um it's one of those questions where when i thought about it i was like i don't have any hobbies and then i was like oh no wait i actually do i like i do things outside of comedy and writing and podcasting yeah um I like cooking a lot. Hell yeah, you do. Um, you guys are part of... Um, we're doing the CSA Farm Share thing. Yeah. You want to talk um, about that? Deal? Yeah. It's, um, it should be available pretty much anywhere, but um, it's basically... CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and you pay a certain amount up front... Um, and then you get just a load of vegetables, fruits, um, each week for a certain amount. Like it's usually a full season. So for instance, in my case, um, I think it came to 700 total up front for fruits and vegetables. And then I get just a 
a buttload (laughs) (laughs) of um, fresh organic produce from like a farm upstate every single week so um, yeah it, for 22 he- weeks i think mine is oh yeah that's a lot um because like a- it, so- it sounds like a lot but then i was thinking about this the other day like when i look at how much i spend like on seamless or mm-hmm. like going out oh, yeah. and buying food which i still do like i, I know <laughs> it's course. so bad even when i buy groceries i still like i'm so busy that if i'm in the city i'm like well i can't go home and cook a meal <laughs> <laughs> i just have to buy food while i'm out but it really does add up. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they usually say like a single share is good for two people who are vegetarian or vegan or and I've had I've had trouble finishing these weeks that Eric's been in Europe yes. um, or like for side dishes for a family mm-hmm. for a week, basically. OK. OK. Um, and then there's usually like a co-op work requirement. Mm-hmm. That just means I had to show up a couple times at um, distribution. Right. Easy. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I just, uh, I, because I don't have time to go get groceries, I just ordered groceries to be delivered <laughs> today. I'm like, okay, we got to get our act together because I've just been, like, I'm so busy doing shows and stuff that mm-hmm. I really, truly have not had time to cook. Um, but I'll well, get back on a schedule. You're putting money in the pockets of working people, so. Hell yeah, I am. Thank you. That's a very noble way to put that. <laughs> <laughs> I should loudly declare that. <laughs> I'm employing the working man. Yes. And woman. Um, guys, should we go into bad news now? Was there anything else I wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah. So do go to my Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Sign up for $10 a month and do the online hangouts. Send us questions. $5 a month, you get to send questions and get access to almost all of my writing. Um, Guys, lighttreason.news. That's uh, our website. Go there. Smash that donate button. We're a 100% listener-supported show. You won't hear any ads on this podcast. Let me tell you something. That is a rare treat these days. Now that I'm listening to more podcasts, I... Don't listen to a single one that doesn't have ads. Mm-hmm. So if you want to keep that going, if you want to keep Light Treason free, go to lighttreason.news, sign up for as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation to keep us going. That seems fair, right? We just uh, had Labor Day. This is my labor. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> We're a five days a week podcast. I That's do a lot of work. all of that on my own. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were like, bemoaning the grind they called it the grind quote unquote of a two day a week podcast and I was just like "Mm." if I went down to two days a week I would have so much more free time (laughs) but I'm not gonna do that because this is my job I love doing it but I need your support so even if you're already a member maybe consider upgrading your support today or tell a friend about the show. That's a free way to yep, help the show. Spread the word. We are a word of mouth operations, guys. Um, I'm not a cis white man, so I'm not going to be on any lists <laughs> of podcasts to listen to. I've accepted that. It's my struggle. But anyways, guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. All right. First up in bad news, uh, Bank of America has been freezing the accounts of people who um, they have been asking like citizen citizenship questions to. 
So, and they claim they're doing this in order to comply with the government's country-specific sanctions. So this was originally published in the Miami Herald, um, and they profiled numerous Bank of America customers who said they've been locked out of their accounts after failing to answer questions about their citizenship or provide documentation deemed acceptable. That's uh, yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah, and this follows a story we covered last week about people who are, live by the Mexican border but are U.S. citizens being stripped of their citizenship if they don't have like government-sanctioned birth certificates or sometimes they do mm -hmm. but the government accuses them of being fake or forged yeah so once again i know we're accused of hysterics anytime we make comparisons to nazi germany but now we literally have the government stripping people of their citizenship and now we have a major bank locking people out of their accounts mm -hmm. so they can't access their funds yeah. their own money it's so it's ridiculous that banks do this because you like they're just preventing themselves from making money. Yeah, that that's it, weird. It seems yeah. super weird. They've they do this for like vice things all the time. Like they'll lock mm. sex workers out of their accounts. Yes. Um but for them to do it around citizenship, like none of it makes sense. It's it's very it's it's just purely, autocratic, like, yes. bullshit. But it's purely based in fear-mongering. Mm -hmm. So in one case, uh, like, the, the Herald describes Saeed uh, Moshfe, who's an Iranian doctoral student at the University of Miami, uh, and he said he was denied access to his account after his local Bank of America branch refused to accept documentation he offered to demonstrate his status as a student. Um, and he said... The bank doesn't know how the immigration system works, so they didn't accept my document. Dan Hernandez, who's a television writer of Cuban heritage, said the bank suspended his business account in December 2016 over suspicion he was doing business with Cuba. The issue was resolved after he sent a tweet to the bank's social media account. That also raises the question of who is making these calls. Yeah, because it's don't all have, over the map. It's, they don't it's, have, like, immigration experts on panel. Exactly. Like, not that it would be okay if they did. Yeah. Like, that would still be ridiculous. Right. But it's just, like, some random teller being like, no, you look Mexican. Right, like, right. I mean, it's all over the map, too, right? Like, we have Iran, we have Cuba. Basically, if... Bank of America is sort of, by extension, doing the xenophobic work of the administration, mm -hmm. <laughs> where it's like, if you are perceived as being an other, they can just cut off your funds. So, like, Hernandez was talking to the Miami Herald, and he's like, it was extremely scary. I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but it puts doubt in your mind. A bank can crush your life for arbitrary reasons and never tell you why. Mm -hmm. That Like, can you imagine going to the bank and just finding out, like, oh, I can't get any of my money? Yeah, that's a nightmare scenario. It's a nightmare. And that's just like the reality of the country right now because we have an administration who has so vilified anyone who's perceived as like an other or un-American, even if you're an American citizen, mm -hmm. even if you have documentation that you're an American citizen, that you can now be stripped of your citizenship. You can have access to your funds cut off just because we now live in such a fearful, hateful climate that like Bank of America can do this shit and like a large part of the country will be like, well, yeah, because yeah. they're not American enough. It's the know? problem with citizenship as a concept exactly. because the government just gets to decide who has what rights. Like 
instead of there being a baseline human rights. Right. And it's totally fucking bizarre that Bank of America doesn't have to explain itself. Yeah. When it's like, that's their so money. They're supposed to just be like keeping these funds, like storing them yeah. a little bit. I mean, even though like banks don't really work that way now and they, you know, they make money off of it. But, you know, they're just supposed to be like the stewards of the funds and then they can just be like, no, you can't have your money now. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. And Ugh. it's, what were you gonna say it's i like if they're if it's based on citizenship like that doesn't even have anything to do with whether it's legal or illegal for like not because they're not if they're not understanding immigration status Mm -hmm. even yeah there is no tie that they can make to like this is an illegal thing that you're doing like sure yeah as as faulty as all of those categories are, of course, they don't even have that excuse. Right. I mean, that gets into a whole other thing where, you know, banks and government seizing funds, like you were saying, uh, sex work, uh, the drug markets, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But this is just examples of, like, students getting their funds frozen. Yeah. But there's also an argument to be made that, you know, drug, like, Drug work is work. Sex work is work. Oh, yeah. And should banks be able to freeze those funds? Right. Of too? course. Yeah. Um, so also in bad news, uh, a pair of news reports published on Thursday implicated NBC in attempting to impede Ronan Farrow's investigation into sexual assault allegations against Harvey Weinstein. With one report claiming an NBC lawyer went so far as to threaten to smear Pharaoh if he continued his probe. Um, so this is from Jezebel. The New York Times spoke with Rich McHugh, who formerly worked as a producer with NBC's investi- investigative unit. McHugh reportedly worked with Pharaoh during the months he spent looking into allegations against Weinstein while employed with the network and told the New York Times that, quote, the very highest levels of NBC worked to stop Pharaoh from reporting out the story. So not surprising, but this just goes to show like how far up this sort of like predatory cover-up mm-hmm. goes and like unsurprising too right because who's at the very highest levels of nbc usually other cis white men who are probably yep. engaging in this horrible behavior as well and they're all covering for each other exactly but it also like just goes to show what a fucking badass Ronan Farrow is. <laughs> like, doesn't give a shit. He was being threatened, I'm sure, by multiple people not to oh, publish yeah. this story. And, like, I mean, my God, his own personal history with, you know, Woody Allen raping his sister, I'm sure, was a motivating, huge motivating factor in him wanting mm-hmm. to get this done. But, yeah, that dude should get all of the journalism awards. Yeah. It's just mind-blowing how much like all of these old powerful dudes still operate like like they're fucking mob bosses yeah i mean it truly is a boys club i shouldn't say just men though because women participate in this cover-up culture as well Mm -hmm. especially because like when you're trying to ascend the ladder you can't like make waves so it's not just men doing this but by and large, it is a boys club. Yeah. It is men covering for other men. You know, 
and I hate to say this, but I've like in my own personal life, I've heard dudes, you know, sort of talking about, you know, me too culture and, and how much predatory dudes suck. And I happen to know in their own personal life, they either make excuses for or cover up for other shitty dudes. And it's like, if you're talking about this stuff, the first thing you should be examining is your own personal life. Yep. The the people in your life, are they engaged in that behavior? Are you engaged in that behavior? Are you covering for people who are engaged mm-hmm. in that behavior? And that can mean just like not calling it out. You know, when you see it happening, if you just stand there silently, you're part of the fucking problem. Yeah, I think too many guys think of themselves like, oh, if I were if I were Ronan Farrow and I was being like threatened by lawyers and like you know, had people going after me, I would totally do the right thing. Yeah, and like they like, have the fantasy but of you're not, being the good guy. Yeah. You're not telling your bro to stop doing what he's doing, you exactly, know? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, that includes, like, culture is more than just our actions. It's also our words, our jokes. Somebody tells a sexist joke in front of you and you don't call them out, that's part of the problem, you know? So, I mean, I think we can all sort of address this predatory behavior in our own lives, um, and call it out. And that includes when it's a nice guy who you think's like a good time and you like to invite him to a party. If he's being shitty, you don't call him out. You're part of the problem. Yep. So speaking of Harvey Weinstein, did you see this fucking jackhole? No. Okay. So there was recently a film festival in Venice, the Venice Film Festival. And as such, there was a whole red carpet photo op beforehand and this guy named uh luciano siligini garagnani showed up and he's apparently an italian casting director slash producer slash tv director and he was wearing a t-shirt that said weinstein is innocent with a photo of harvey weinstein and worse arguably worse there's two people a woman and a man standing on either side of him like laughing and looking at the shirt because it's funny it's funny to wear a serial serial rapist photo and say he's innocent so apparently he's attached right now to the remake of Dario Argento's 1977 film uh, Suspiria and Argento, Dario Argento, is the father of Asia Argento, who accused Weinstein of rape. So that's just an extra level Extra of, fuck you. Yeah. And of course, Asia Argento has also been accused of um, sexual misconduct. So, um, yeah, I mean, so fucked up. And like, so his relation with Harvey Weinstein is that he's listed... Uh, as a production manager for Carol, which, of course, was produced by the Weinstein Company. Mm -hmm. So he, at one time, was employed by the Weinsteins. Yeah. So Uh, Men are canceled. Men are canceled, (laughs) especially this guy, uh, and anybody who fucking laughed about it. Because... I, like it's important to remember what Harvey Weinstein was mm-hmm. accused of. He's it's not even like it's not a funny T-shirt either. It's, no, it's it's just like, but how big of a fucking asshole do you have to yeah. be to wear that on the red carpet? Also, is there any more public way to declare that you are a rapist? Yeah, seriously. Like this dude has done fucked up shit in his life. You don't 
go and have a t-shirt like that made and then wear it on a red carpet and proudly declare your allegiance with a serial rapist unless you're doing shady shit in your own personal yeah. life. Um, like, to me, it was just him declaring to the world, I'm a predator and everybody should steer clear of me. Yeah. Disgusting. So, also in bad news, uh, there's this article at Splinter News about how... Uh, ICE is using our very, very shitty mental health system to target people for deportation. So America, (laughs) USA. So the combination of insufficient resources for mentally ill people and a Texas law requiring law enforcement cooperation with ICE has created a toxic and dangerous situation for immigrants with mental health issues in the state. Right, because they, people end up calling the police when there's a mental health crisis instead of like being able to take somebody to a doctor or whatever. Right. And the fact that there is this very fucked up cooperation between law enforcement and ICE. Yep. So a new report from the Texas Observer tells the stories of two young Latina women who were caught up in deportation proceedings after police responded to their mental health crises. Uh, Janelle Rodriguez, uh, who's 25, was at home with her family in October 2017 when she began experiencing a psychotic episode. Her family, concerned about her well-being and safety, called 911, assuming that paramedics would show up. Instead, three police officers arrived at their house, escalating the situation. Rodriguez tried to hide from the cops, but eventually all three of them restrained the less than 100-pound, five-foot-tall woman. Quote, they went from being patient to like they were about to arrest a criminal on the street instantly. Rodriguez's brother, uh, Alexis, told the observer. They started circling her, and uh, and obviously she freaks out. That's when they pin her down. So they take her to the hospital, but she was later charged with felony assault for biting one of the officers during a psychotic episode, by the way. A charge which Rodriguez denies and was later dropped. Rodriguez was a DACA recipient. Her parents brought her to the States when she was two years old. After she was released from the hospital, police arrested her. Um, So once she was locked up, ICE issued a detainer in order for the jail not to release her without giving ICE time to pick her up. In all, she spent six months in county jail before agreeing to a plea deal upon which she was transferred to an ICE facility in South Texas, where she now faces deportation to a country she doesn't remember. And, oh, by the way, she has mental health issues. Yeah. So she's going to be on her own, uh, don't know if she has any family there, never lived in the country, no access to mental health care programs, and this is a solution, <laughs> I guess. So, well, that's because ICE and in general, law enforcement doesn't care if it's a solution. They just right. want out of the way. Yeah. They yeah. just want to remove people. Yeah. I mean, again, I know you open yourself up to accusations of being hysterical when you make these comparisons, but this is the government working to remove undesirables. Mm-hmm. We have a historical they literally parallel for that. <laughs> don't care what happens to them they as long as care. they're just not in our country anymore. Right, because they're the whole, they've been scapegoated as being like the whole problem with the country right now. All our sources of suffering uh, can be traced back to, I guess, undocumented immigrants is what we're expected to believe. 
So another young Texas immigrant found herself in a similar situation this July. Tanya Silva, who's 21, was an Austin resident and community college student when she began experiencing symptoms of schizophrenia. Very common for schizophrenia to present in young adulthood like that. Yes, exactly. And also that's really dangerous too because... Uh, it can happen when people are like away at school. Mm-hmm. So like away from so you don't have like your support, support system. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As she wandered through the Austin streets one night acting strangely, someone led her into their home and called EMS, but cops turned up instead. The observer details what happened next. According to police records reviewed by the observer, the encounter went south when Silva refused to relinquish a small dog she was holding at the time and which officers knew was giving her comfort. Two male officers grabbed her by each arm and handcuffed her. Panicked, Silva lashed out, allegedly kicking and scratching one of the officers. Then one cop struck her in the back and she was restrained with a hobble strap. The officers took her to jail instead of a hospital where she remained for three weeks. Silva was also undocumented. She was charged with felony assault, and ICE placed a detainer on her. As her mental health deteriorated, ICE, under pressure from attorneys, made the unusual decision to drop her detainer. She's now recovering in a private hospital. Uh, Yeah, I mean, cops never make a situation like that better. Yeah, It's, it's also a failure at the like at the point of dispatch because both of these cases, the people calling wanted EMS, EMS to show and they up just sent and they cops. sent cops like as much as ice needs to be abolished. And I think cops should be abolished too. Um, yeah. Like as much as all of that is true, like a harm reduction thing that should happen right now is if we call for send EMS, paramedics. you send paramedics, you don't make the decision to send cops. Yeah. Instead. I don't know if this is the case in every city, but one time there was a homeless person who fell asleep on the steps of my apartment building and like they were there for like hours and not moving and mm-hmm. i was like fuck did this guy die so but i also didn't want to call like 911 and have cops come so i called information instead mm-hmm. and they were like do you want us to send paramedics and i was like yes do that so i wonder if there's a difference between calling information and asking for paramedics and calling 911 asking yeah, for there paramedics is- there is a like non-emergency number yeah. in pretty I think every city. But um, like I would be so scared to call the cops if someone with mental illness was having an episode because that like Yeah, they don't know how to handle <laughs> they it. They have no idea. And they're gonna escalate things, they're gonna upset mm-hmm. them even further. Yep. Yeah. So guys, it's that time of the episode. Let's all jump up and down. Here is your good news. <laughs> Before I get to good news, I just have to address what's happening in the apartment right now. Mm-hmm. So I ordered a chair online and it arrived. And I have never had so much trouble putting together a chair before. There's like a bunch of tools sitting oh out. Oh my God. Like, so full disclosure, chaos. it was super cheap. And I was reading the reviews and people were like, 
uh, it's a really cute chair. Just so you know, it was a fucking nightmare to put together. <laughs> and I was like, whatever, you bunch of babies. I'm going to nail this. Yeah, because you're like the Ikea guy. I this. love <laughs> putting together furniture. But it turns out I love putting together like well-constructed furniture. <laughs> so the like the holes for the pegs are not where they're supposed to be, basically. Oh, so. Shit. Charles's friend Frank is going to bring tools over and like re-drill the holes basically yeah. so I can put it together. But in the meantime, the chair is upside down and Desi has turned it into a cat bed. Yep. And I was just telling Faith he's going to be heartbroken when it finally becomes an actual chair. Because <laughs> he's basically like looking at me every day with love in his eyes. And he's like, Mommy, I love my new cat bed. And I'm just like, that's not what that is, dummy. That's for human butts. And you just happen to be on it right now. So, uh... Good news, guys. Labor union approval uh, is steady right now at a 15-year high. Nice, 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 nice. We just celebrated Labor Day, so I thought this would be a good story to talk about. 62% of Americans approve of labor unions today, which is consistent with the 61% who approved last year and up from 56% in 2016. Before 2017, public support for unions hadn't exceeded 60% since 2003, when 65% approved. So this is good. It obviously is tied into how capitalism is crushing us all. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, like, labor victories, like uh, the Fight for 15 movement, you know, I think people are finally understanding the only way we're going to survive in the United States is if we band together. <laughs> yeah. So, but nonetheless, that's accurate. That's very exciting. Um, obviously, uh, unions still face uh, huge obstacles. They're constantly under attack mm -hmm. in a quote unquote right to work states, which is the uh, uh, GOP's effort to crush unions. Yep. And trying to frame it as like a workers right issue where they're like, well, you should have the right to opt out of paying union dues. But if that happens, then unions can't fund anything. Mm -hmm. And then that crushes them. And funds are vital for allowing the ability to strike. Exactly. Uh, and it is truly the only way unions can exist. But the GOP has been very clever in, um, you know, capitalizing on the fact that workers already are struggling and mm -hmm. don't make enough money to live so when they because hear because the corporations don't pay them enough exactly but when they hear like we'll save you money because yep. then you keep those dues it's sort of like you know a, a short-term gamble where they're like oh great my paychecks will be bigger but mm -hmm. it's like yeah but you'll be crushed by corporations exactly <laughs> you uh, won't have the power to negotiate higher pay and it's sort of stunning that despite that really aggressive propaganda campaign that has been really, really successful, um, a record number of people approve of unions despite yeah. that. So that just goes to show, you know, how desperate people are, but also the fact that, like, unions have won important victories Yeah, lately. this is definitely a moment of opportunity. Yes, exactly. Uh, also, in good news... Speaking of polls, <laughs> <laughs> disapproval of Trump has hit a new high. Nice. <laughs> uh, so this is a Washington Post ABC News survey. 36% of voters, American voters, approve of the job Trump is doing as president, while 60% of voters disapprove of it. 
Nice. Um, so the president fares better in the eyes of voters on his handling of the economy, but still it's like 45%. Yeah, probably because people don't fucking understand that he has done literally nothing. Oh, n- like no one understands how the economy works. I mean, that's just illustrated by the fact that, the again, the GOP has been so successful in their messaging of comparing the U.S. economy to a household budget. Yep. Where they're like, hey, the, the economy's not doing great right now. What do you do when your household budget's not doing that great? Uh, you tighten your belt. If you do that with the economy, you send the economy into a spiral. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so many people don't understand that because the media's done a really shitty job of explaining how the economy works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And they keep inviting people onto their networks to fucking lie about how the economy works. And, like, it's not clear that Trump has done anything specific that he even thinks would be good for the economy. He just keeps saying, jobs are good, the working class is good, I've and made also, everything better Yeah, also because f- I say I did. Here's another reason the economy is so frustrating. So, it's like, what economy the president inherits so, like, Obama inherited W's economy, which yep. sucked. Obama did uh, improve things, but then never really got to enjoy the fruits of that. And then Trump inherited Obama's economy and was like, look at what I did. And it's like, no, you <laughs> didn't, you fucking numbnuts. We won't know, like, the full damage you did until the next one. Yep. Hopefully that'll be soon. So... I mean, given those approval numbers, I have to think that things are going to... Hey, I would like to think that, but we live in a fucking bizarro universe. True. Literally nothing nothing makes sense. (laughs) Causality has been suspended. (laughs) Exactly. So who the fuck knows? (laughs) But so this survey was taken August 26th through the 29th, days after Trump's former campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was convicted on eight counts of financial fraud. And his personal, his former personal lawyer pleaded guilty to a series of crimes, including breaking campaigns fi- campaign finance laws. So, like, a bunch of people were like, maybe he's not, like, a good president? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the survey found significant voter discontent with the president, including 49% of voters who believe Congress should begin impeachment proceedings against Trump. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a really high percent. That's almost half. Yeah. Half of voters believe that he should be impeached. And broad support for the investigation into his campaign over ties to Russia, which is interesting because Giuliani just came out and was like, uh, we're going to try to stop the full Mueller report from ever being released to the public, which is just like, are you fucking serious, dude? First of all, um, shit gets out to the public. True. It does. Like, <laughs> Through like traditional or non-traditional means, hopefully we'll see the full report, but also just like yeah. the brass balls on these guys it's like fuck you who the fuck are you who the no like seriously who the fuck is rudy giuliani to say any of this yeah it's like oh god so the survey same survey found that 63 percent of voters said they support the investigation by special counsel robert Mueller. so to say you're not going to release a report that's 63 percent of voters and honestly that probably will go up the more revelations come out um and a slim majority, 53% of voters, also said they believe the president has tried to interfere in the investigation. And by the way, that'll just be um, verified if Giuliani and company try to stop the report from coming out. I almost feel mm-hmm. like they would be better off letting everything come out and just try to spin it. If they try to stop the report from coming out, then it's like, you guys yeah, are it just, clearly Yeah, it looks guilty. so bad for them. It's going to look so bad. Not that they give a shit about looking I mean, bad at this point. That's why they've been, they've already been working overtime to discredit anyone who disagrees with them. Like the yeah. whole 
fake news, all this stuff. Um, so that when, when it does come out, they, they already have that spin in place. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they had more success going on the news networks and just basically being like the definition of illegal is no longer the definition of illegal. I mean, it's totally Orwellian and creepy, Mm -hmm. but they've had success in the past doing that because they're a fascist regime and that's what fascist regimes do. They like redefine the definition of words. So nobody understands what reality is anymore. Yep. They're pretty good at that. So I'm like, why would you just try to stop the report from coming out? Because that's like the Nixon strategy and that did not work out great for Nixon. If you just try to like violently stifle information, people tend to not react great to that. They feel like you're lying to them, which you are lying to them either way, but just let it come out. Um, So a majority of voters seem to support the work stemming from that investigation too. 67% said the case against Manafort was justified. 62% said they sided with Attorney General Jeff Sessions. And like that's big because Trump has been smearing Sessions as much as he can. Um, The vast majority of voters, 84%, also agreed that corruption in Washington has increased or stayed the same, while just 13% of voters said corruption had decreased. So uh, (laughs) what reality are they living in? (laughs) Well, yeah, the 13% (laughs) of voters are the ones who voted for Trump and like they're hardcore MAGAs. Yeah. Um, But yeah, turns out he didn't drain the swamp. Womp womp. Sad. Who could have predicted, right? Nobody. No one could have known. Based on everything we knew about Donald Trump, I mean, he he is just an upstanding guy who is a gentleman and a scholar. And gonna go in there and end all the corruption and yeah oh he's doing it he's doing it spank it, everybody listen, and send them home <laughs> I, I know it gross <laughs> i know 84 percent of you think that he's not draining the swamp but he's draining the swamp you'll see i am shocked shocked anytime i see someone in new york city wearing a MAGA hat yeah it's like and you know that not all of them are from out of town. Like, no, there no, are I New think, Yorkers. Honestly, I've only seen it in the financial district and they're finance bros. Yeah. And, like, they're proudly wearing it because they know no one around them has the stones to fucking punch them. They would never wear it in, like, Brooklyn. Yeah. Or, like, upper Manhattan. They're, like, very, very cozy in their white as hell finance district. Yeah. And even then, I'm sort of like, they're probably walking very quickly from, like, their private car to their building. Yeah. uh, I need to learn how to rocket kick so I can just, like, kick the hats off their heads. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but these are also the people who would be like, assault! It's assault! (laughs) Just, like, dance down the street and, like, high kick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So in the little bit of time we have left, is there anything you would recommend people do or see or eat to... uh, I uh, do like self-care stuff. Um, I'm petting Penny right now, and it's awesome. <gasps> Pet a kitty. I like that advice. Or a dog. Or a dog. Whatever. I don't want to discriminate. Um, yeah. Penny would also recommend to do this. Absolutely. I she, she looks pretty she happy. She looks pretty happy. <laughs> um, um, I, what am I doing recently or have done recently? Oh, if you can, go see like a live form of entertainment. Oh, yeah. I recently have been using the Today Ticks app more. If anybody lives in like the New York City area or is visiting, 
New York City, there's an app called Today Ticks, spelled T-I-X, and they have really good deals for Broadway plays and musicals, and SpongeBob is ending in New York City, and the tickets are going for like 40 bucks, which is really good. Uh, So go do that. I'm going to go see Mean Girls this week with Charles. Uh, But yeah, you can find really good deals on that app. And I think like. Also, if you live near a university, there will always be like cheap student productions. Good point. Plays and stuff. Really good point. Um, And yeah, I think it's like really good for the human soul to see like live music and acting. There's mm -hmm. just something that's so different about as much as I like love watching TV shows and movies like going to a public space and seeing a a live piece of art with other people is like a really rewarding experience so I still occasionally like even though we have the internet I like to go to the movies absolutely because there's something about like hearing other people responding to something that I don't know it just like feels really good that's part of the tragedy of um you know living in the united states when we have mass shootings because i know a lot of people who enjoyed going to concerts and enjoyed going to movies and they like can't do it anymore because they're afraid Mm -hmm. and i get that you know but if it's not a triggering thing for you it can be a very like rewarding experience and you can also go to smaller like uh if your friends play in bands, go see their shows. Like exactly, you know, it doesn't have to be little like things huge, that aren't going to be yeah some kind of target. So you actually feel and you'll actually safe if that's a phobia your presence for you. and stuff like that will be like way more appreciated oh, yeah. because they actually notice it. <laughs> I know that because I invite people to like my improv shows, and yeah, yeah. you guys won the cage match. Yeah, we're again. we're on a run at cage match. Yeah, if you live in New York City and you want to go see a show late at hell's kitchen thursday (laughs) we're back at cage match this week we're on a little bit of a run uh cage matches when two improv teams compete for votes at ucb Mm -hmm. so go check that out very fun show it was super fun uh really good teams we're up against yeah it was like it was very close i mean oh yeah we so my team we're called promises we're a lloyd team at ucb uh, and we beat a team uh, called Carolyn, who I'm actually friends with everybody on the team. They're a great team. They're very funny. And we uh, won by three votes. Yep. Which was, I joked because Faith, Charles, and our friend Frank came. And I was like, well, you guys were the three votes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Had you not been there. So, like, your friends will especially appreciate your presence at their smaller shows. <laughs> like, I'm sure the cast of SpongeBob is okay either way. Whether you go or not, they're like... <laughs> I'm on Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but also SpongeBob is such a good time, guys. If you can see it, go see it. Um, and the woman, we t- already talked about her on this show, but the woman who plays Pearl in SpongeBob has the most bananas voice I have ever heard. She opened her mouth and Chloe just like grabbed my arm. <laughs> she was like, oh my God. I almost instantly like, have you ever heard a voice like so good that you almost start crying immediately? Mm-hmm. That's this woman's voice. So I'm very excited to see like what she goes on to do after yeah, SpongeBob. Cause she's sure. also like 18. She's so young, uh, which is bananas. But guys, once again, Light Trees and News is a 100% listener-supported show. Please go to lighttreason.news, smash that donate button for as little as $5 a month. You can support this show that I know you guys like because I see all your very, very nice tweets. By the way, if you have any thoughts or feelings about today's episode, 
hashtag light trees and pod on Twitter. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. Uh, once again, if you can go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny, sign up at $10 a month to participate in the next online hangout, $5 a month to send us questions that we'll answer on light trees and news. Please follow faith on Twitter at Bohemian Faith. Go to her Patreon. Support her book when it comes out. <laughs> anything else? Did I miss anything else? Support I think that's Jesse and Penny. Uh, by by offering mental head scratches. I don't know. How do you support <laughs> cats? Just be nice to cats, I guess. Yes, in general. In general. <laughs> and guys, while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>